So I had a choice at age 30. Do I stay on ground and cry about it? And blame everybody else. And blame everybody else all my life. Makes you powerless. Correct. Mm. Or do I get up and keep moving forward? Emil Jurassic is the founder of NGU Group, which he launched in 2016. He has since grown to over 300 staff, and this year, 2021, is on track to do 1 billion in sales in his real estate company. Emil was born in Croatia and escaped the Yugoslav War to start a new life in Australia when he was 16. After becoming a millionaire in his 20s, he hit rock bottom before building to where he is today. Emil truly never gives up. Enjoy the listen. Emil Jurassic, founder of NGU Group. You did 67 mil in real estate sales in your first year and you've Correct. already done over 100 mil in April alone in 2021. Correct. You've now got over 10 offices since launching in 2016, which is when we first met. Correct. Emil, welcome to the Trillings podcast. Thank you. Good <laughs> so, to be here. Great to have you here. So you were born in Croatia and before you came to Australia, tell us a little bit about life and some of your earliest entrepreneurial memories and ideas that you had. I, I've heard that you sold candles, you uh, cleaned bicycles. Tell us a bit about those days yeah. in Croatia so that the audience can gain a, a true appreciation of you. I actually got goosebumps. I can um, see them, you do. When I think about my childhood. Um, look, I, I was... Um, I was very fortunate to be born into a beautiful family, have most amazing mom and dad, um, but we were not really well off whatsoever. We were poorer than poor to be exact. And at that time, it used to be a communist country, so um, there was not many ability for, ability for people to actually earn good money. So age four was my first entrepreneurial um, um, try, I guess. And um, you know, we were so poor that I didn't actually have a bicycle and so many of friends that I had they had their own bicycle and I thought to myself you know what I'm gonna wash their bicycles for maybe 50 cents so one day I can afford my own bicycle and you know a few months later you know I was able to afford and buy myself a bicycle age at four or five and um, um, when you know everything was peaceful and then it used to be called ex-Yugoslavia and when I was 10 years old um, uh, country had a civil war for five years and when country when it had a big civil war there was no electricity no clean water no food um, and then on top of it you got bombs flying around your head and dad was in a war fighting and I knew that family need to eat because we were surrounded by whatever you know people called enemies at the time um, so the only way you can really buy food is on the black market, you know. Um, and black market is, you know, people just selling it between buildings or, or in some alleyways. So you can buy, you know, a bread or, or whatever food you can buy. So I thought at age 10 I can contribute something to my family and um, so we can all eat. Um, and I thought to myself, okay, um, there were United Nations in our city and there were peacekeepers. And, um, uh, and I knew they, would, they were looked after because, you know, they're supported by America, England, or whatever country. So I would go there and I would try to buy cigarettes from them. And I would convince them to sell me one pack of cigarettes for $5. But before war started, one pack of cigarettes, you know, 20 cigarettes you can buy for $1. But when war started, that pack of cigarettes was $25. Mm. And not many people can afford $25 for a pack of cigarettes. But I thought to myself, you know what? If you will smoke, you know, I can sell them the cigarette, maybe one cigarette at a time. 
So I would buy a pack of cigarettes for $5 and I would sell, you know, one cigarette for $2, you know, behind little buildings. And, um, and then also the risk factor, that's when I learned about the risk. Every single, you know, every second or third day there would be some soldier would come and put a literally gun to my head and steal my cigarettes. And they did it about five, six times, and I thought to myself, these fuckers, they're not going to kill me. They just want to take my cigarettes away. <laughs> and I told them, look, guys, if you keep doing this to me the way you're doing it, I'm going to go broke myself. Well, how about this? I give you two pack of cigarettes a week. Don't touch me and tell all of your friends not to touch me whatsoever so I can sell cigarettes freely. And, um, and then, obviously, when war started, we had no electricity. And place where we were living... Um, uh, it used to be um, uh, um, a place where you can get um, uh, wax, so you can make candles. And I learned how to make candles, and, and I used to sell candles uh, behind build, between buildings as well. And, um, and you know, um, I did it so family can survive, I guess. And there were other people selling candles, and if it was minus 20, for example, um, uh, between buildings, nobody would be selling candles, and myself, age 11, 12, I would be I would be there between buildings, my freaking <laughs> toes would be almost frozen and, and I would be still fucking there selling candles because I know that I need to sell a few candles a day so mom and dad and, and my brother, um, we can have food on the table. And, um, and that's, how you all, that's how you all started and, um, you know, and obviously you gained the work ethic when you're young as well. Um, um, and childhood was tough. For five years I had family members being killed. I had no electricity, no clean water. Um, you know, no chocolates, nothing, not, nothing that kids have these days. I had bombs flying in, you know, all around us and, you know, one day we're sleeping in, in one bedroom and, you know, other side of the apartment is hit by bomb, you know, and, um, but I'm grateful. Um, I learned value of life when I was very young age and I learned that life can be taken away from you so freaking quickly, you know, two of us can die tomorrow in a car crash, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so you also you also learned that sales is an important skill, right? Oh, look, we, you know everything is sales in life. Yeah. You got to you know you got to sell yourself if you want to get a job. Yeah. You know, or sell um, yourself to an attractive partner, or sell yourself you in gotta, anything. You gotta, everything, you know, not everything, but a big part of it is in sales. But to be extremely good salesperson, you know, that's an art. Um, and to be extremely good one, you know, everything to me is measured by how much energy you have and you give. Out. If your energy level is low, you know, don't even bother being in sales. Yeah, yeah, good so that's points. my childhood, how I started. Um, uh, and then obviously when I was 16, I came to Australia as a refugee and, and life started from there. Yeah, cool. Well, a new life started from there. New so, life. Sounds like you developed some great skills in uh, Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia, Yugoslav? Used to be ex-Yugoslavia and then got, um, uh, got divided into six different nations and um, after the civil war started and so on but um, I am um, Croatian um, but look you know all of the nas- nationalities from ex-Yugoslavia are pretty much the same yeah, half a cool. million people died from nothing really mm. and they all live together now again which is stupidity but hey that's life yeah yeah so when you came to Australia you're 16 like you said and why did yes. why did you choose construction as a job to do well I, my mom and dad were forcing me to finish school so I finished grade 10 11 and 12 here in Australia, I went to Sunnybank State um, School, and while I was still at high school, I was working full-time pretty much. I used to go and clean public toilets, I used to work on construction site, so I can help mom and dad buy their you know, first um, car for $5,000. 
And, um, you know, because when we came here, we had absolutely nothing. So I barely finished grade 12. And when I finished grade 12, mom and dad thought, you know what, you should go to university. I couldn't because my, my grades were not so great. I don't, I don't even know how I finished grade 12, to be honest. Um, uh, but I somehow did. And then I thought, okay, to make mom and dad happy, I'm going to study business management in TAFE. TAFE's supposed to go for two years. I was there for seven days. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I told my teacher, with all due respect, how can you teach me how to really run a business and how to be a good business individual when you're actually working for somebody yourself? This is not for me. So 18 years old, I quit TAFE after seven days and I, wanna, I wanted to conquer the world. I thought to myself, fuck, I'm 18 years old. My heart is the size of Mount Everest and, and I think you know, I'm hungry and motivated. But the reality is when you are 18, your, your, your knowledge is very limited. You're still a baby, you know. You're not a doctor, lawyer. You don't have a university education. And I didn't have a parents that passed me a lot of business knowledge. I have a beautiful parents, but they were always working for somebody else. So I was on my own. And I thought to myself, okay, without education, how can I start earning great money? And I thought, okay, you know, construction is something that I can get into. Then I was lo looking for the trade that I can um, uh, learned fast, that gives me good dollars. And I learned one trade specifically, you know, in, in seven days. Which one was and, it? Carpentry? Uh, no, it was plastering, actually. Okay. I learned that, well, it, I wasn't perfectionist after seven days, but it was good enough for me to start working for myself. And, um, um, and I started when I was literally 18 years old, and I started working seven days a week from four o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night time. You know, lights on my car were always on because when I was going to work in the morning, yeah. you know, it was dark. When I was coming back home, it was dark. And then I saved a bit of money. When I was 18 years old, I purchased a block of land for $78,000. I built a house for 101 and I sold it for 295 I made $120,000. And I thought to myself, fuck Emil, you're so rich. You made $120,000 when you're age 18. When I was age 19, um, I built two homes. When I was age 20, I built four and, and went from there. Mm. And you built your way up to building and selling 100 homes, is that correct? Well, I have, I have developed a few hundred homes by age 30, by age actually 27. I had a really clean journey um, uh, because what I would do, obviously, I started working physically. But as soon as I started making a bit of money, then I just started developing. And I had a really clean run because I would buy land, I would build something on it, and when it's um, finished, I would use real estate agents to sell it. Was that your construction company building? Uh, not on start, later, yes. Okay. Later, first first um, four years, I was using other construction companies, then it was my own construction company building. So I had a phenomenal run from age 18 till age 27. When I was age 27, so many people started asking me, hey, Mil, can you build houses for us? And um, and, and you know what, I thought I can do that as well. That's probably one of the biggest mistakes that I made because when you are building something for somebody, you have to build first and then you're waiting for clients to pay you. And weakness as my young businessman, between age 27 to age 30, I was building a lot of homes for other people, but 95% of my work was for one client. And in, 2000, um, in 2010, that client went under and he dragged me with him, really. Um, and him and a couple of other clients due to financial crisis and, and whatever issues they had. And, and all the work that I created from working from 
fucking age 16, really, to age 30. I, I literally lost everything overnight um, because other people dragged me with them. And so that was my, you know, crazy journey from age 16 to, to age 30. I worked so hard, had everything, you know, in my 20s. And age 30, when I... Did you, did you end up with zero dollars? Did you have a little bit of cash to just scrape by and then that's how you... No, I didn't end up with zero dollars. I ended up with debt of three million dollars. I was fucking 10 feet under yeah. the concrete. So zero is fantastic. And you can start from zero. Anybody wants to start in a business today, they're starting from zero, freaking beautiful. But when I lost everything that I built over, you know, uh, 14 years, and a lot of people make money today, they lose it tomorrow, but I worked so hard for 14 years um, uh, and, and I got burned by building properties for other people. That's why now I never do construction work for, for anybody but my own family. Um, uh, and it hurts, you know, because when you work so hard for so long and then to lose it and to fail, um, it hurts. And when I lost everything, overnight pretty much, when other people went down, they dragged me with them, um, I used to blame all of them, used to blame everybody. Until I looked at myself in the mirror one day and I said, Emil, you're losing everything, it's your fault. Somebody screwed you, it's your fault. You are not capable enough to stop it. You know, they were better than you. Um, everything that has happened is your fault. So I had a choice at age 30. Do I stay on ground and cry about it? And blame or, everybody else. And blame everybody else all my life. Makes you powerless. Correct. Mm. Or do I get up? and keep moving forward. Learn everything from every mistake that I have made, which is hundreds of them, from every failure that I have, which is a lot of, a lot of them, and use it as advantage to move forward because there's so much knowledge you create when you fail um, that you can do better next time. And, um, and I, I, I have failed many times. You know, I still fail every single day with small things that I do, but I try to learn from it and, and, and move on. Um, but that's what life is all about, you know. It comes down to how much strength you have to actually get up and keep going. Because it's not freaking easy, I tell you. Hmm. It's not easy to fail. It's not easy. But the bad news is for anybody that is going to start their own business, you will fucking fail. You will fail so hard. And again, and again, and again. Because most people, they don't have rich parents to help them financially and start, some of them do, and then most people don't have rich parents to rescue them. So when you start something on your own, specifically when you're learning from scratch, you know, you're gonna fail so many times. You may even lose everything, you may even go under. So what? Get the fuck up and keep moving forward because that is what life is all about, you know? Even, um, if, even if you fail, you're not going to die. So it's a, it, like you said, it's a matter of keeping on moving forward. So that how, how, when you were three million under, did you did you come back from that? Because I know you copped a bad rap and uh, and you had a lot of haters. So how did you? I still have a lot of haters today. Great, that's and that's I a love good them. thing. They're my fans. Yeah. So so how did you come back out of that and and you know build your reputation back up in Brisbane and get your way out of where See, you were? See, the, the thing is, the sad part of life is that people judge book by its cover instead True. of reading it, right? Men, you can just say hi to each other and I can say I don't like her hair or she doesn't like my hair because I've got too much gray hair. Well, lady, get to know me first before you can complain that I'm a bad person. Because people judge book by its cover, it's sad. People judge you now how well you're doing. If you're driving a Ferrari or Lamborghini or whatever, oh my God, you know, he's good, he's successful, you know, I wanna follow him. And if you lose everything tomorrow, you're nobody. 
You're nobody. You're fucking nobody. You know, I made my money, my success from age 16 to age 30 over 14 years. You have thousands of friends, fans, whatever you call them. And when you lose everything, people see, oh, you know, he's a loser. You know, he, he went under. You know, and people don't judge you, you know, um, uh, based on your personality, on your strength, you know, how good human you are, how capable you are to recover. People don't do that. You know, it's very much about status now, which is which is fuck status. You're just gonna be happy, you know, and don't mm -hmm. do anything to please others. I don't give a flying fuck what others think of me. If they like me, fantastic. I'll be good to them. If they don't like me, get in a line. So tell us how you came out, came back so, up. So simple, very simple. So when I lost everything, when I lost everything, I had a choice to get up, keep moving forward, or go down. And when I get up, literally, that was 12 years ago. I I said, you know what? Um, I have so much knowledge that I've gained and um, uh, and then you gotta start small again so I had an idea and and started you know started slowly I even went back into construction even went back to physical work as well till I saved a little bit of money and, and built a little house in the middle of Red Bank Plains um, um, and, and started from there one house by another and so it's important not, not to think you're too good to go back to your roots and, no, and hands-on. I'll go back on tools today. I'm on tools right now being in real estate. You know, a lot of people think to themselves, look, Emilio, you're building so many luxury homes and you, know, you have 10 real estate offices and media company and you still sometimes sell real estate. I love it. I love being putting my, you know, I love leading by example. That's what I love doing, to be precise. Um, and by that age, I just, you know, and that's when... NGU was never born. That, that's when NGU was born because NGU stands for never give up. Because I didn't give up first. I didn't give up first when I was in my teens, when I was growing up. And I didn't give up when I was in my 20s. And I didn't give up when I lost everything when I was my, in, in my age 30. Um, mm. uh, and everything comes down to your state of mind. If you have a strong state of mind, you are bulletproof. You're really bulletproof. So, so after that place in Red Bank, you um you built your way back up. So it's safe to say that you you, you built a house and then you sold it for profit and then and you more, built and more, more, and more, more and more and more more. And then more, 2016, more. I started developing a lot of homes. Yeah, cool. And then 2016, I said I had enough of dealing with real estate agents who would be selling your your properties because agents used to sell my properties since I was 18 years old to age 36. I'm 40. I'm still 41. Next, 42 on Tuesday. I'm 41. Don't, don't steal my four days <laughs> that I got left of 41. Um, 42, correct. And um, so age 36, I've, I've sold so many houses through real estate agents. And I said to myself, you know what? I had enough dealing with real estate agents, really. One, agents talking too much shit. That's easy. You can see through it. Second, what I was really annoying, annoyed that agents agents don't understand construction because I was developing so many beautiful homes and real estate agents would come to my house he would say Emil your house is worth for example million dollars based on 10 other homes sold in the area which is bullshit because every single house costs different dollars per square meter to build mm. so they're selling a product that they don't understand the value of how does that work and other thing that was annoying me agents were not moving ahead with times because mobile phone has changed everything. Technology is... is and social media. Social media. Mm. And I thought to myself, you know what? I want to start my own real estate agency. And when I decided I want to start, I thought to myself, I'm going to lead by example. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm starting my own real estate company. And I have 
1,000 Rayvite offices, 1,000 Remax offices, LJ Hookers, all good companies out there. And who the fuck is Emil Jurassic that's going to start his real estate little company? So I thought only if I can start it. One, I need to lead by example. So if I do well, I'm going to attract other people to join. Two, I need to be really standing out with marketing. And I thought to myself, at that time, not many people were really utilizing social media. And I thought to myself, if I can create good marketing around properties that I'm going to sell, and if I can really get it out in front of everybody on social media, I can start dominating fast. Five years later, we have 10 offices, and people know who NGU real estate is anywhere you go in, in, in Brisbane. Not to brag about it, but people know us. Um, uh, and we are focused on marketing. Marketing in a house is going to sell itself. Real estate agent obviously has to push hard when it comes to negotiating, but you know everything comes down to marketing. And today we really use social media that we are, I think, one of the only companies in Australia that have over 1 million followers across all of our social media pages. Um, and the funny thing is many real estate agents around Australia are using pages that I, that I own. Oh, cool. They're not just called NG Real Estate, they're called different names and so on. Um, uh, but we really know how to, we, we, we are marketers, we just know how to market anything. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to somebody's home, our goal is, entire country needs to know this home is for sale. More people we get through the house, more office we're going to get, simple as that. Yeah. So that's real estate for you. Yeah, cool. And so I know how hard you work, Emil. I see, I watch you on social media. <laughs> I'm you, a bulldog you, you definitely, hundred percent. You lead by example. You work hard. You don't like sleeping because that's time that you can't spend working, which is what you love. So, um, what what do you do to celebrate? So I know you've got the Ferrari. Um, it's your first one. Congrats! I, I love cars. <laughs> I saw that. So how how do you like to celebrate your wins? Do you ah. buy things? I know you've got the jet skis. What do you like to do to celebrate? Okay, so um, I'll tell you one thing. I actually truly understand, and I, I keep telling people this all the time, I understand that I have one life. And two of us are going to die one day, maybe next year, maybe in 10 years, maybe when we are 80 years old. We, are, we are actually only have one life. We're going to die one day. We're going to die one day. Because I truly understand that I'm going to die one day, I live every day with so much joy, happiness, energy, every single day. And every single day I celebrate because I'm breathing. I'm sitting here with you, we're joking. I met your partner. She convinced me to do personal training with her tomorrow, which I'm not sure how that's going to go. But isn't life beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah, it's fun. I don't, I don't stress about anything anymore. And I celebrate every single day. I'm alive. I'm doing what I love. I'm doing business with people I want to do business with. I don't, you know, do business with people that are evil or bad or whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, if, they are ha if haters are out there, you know, I, I love that they are out there because they know my name, so they don't stress me. Problems in business, that doesn't stress me. So I celebrate every day because I'm alive. I do what I love. Isn't that a celebration? Every single thing I do that I want to do. That's called celebrating. Yes, buying a you know, Ferrari and driving a nice car or living in a nice place and I'm about to build a spectacular home for myself. Um, that's, all, you know, that's all okay. But my celebration is, is 
you know, every day. Every day. Think about yeah. this. You buy a Ferrari. You don't drive it 24 hours a day. You drive it 20 minutes a day. It's like a peak. I've experienced this with leveling up my own lifestyle and and buying nice things um, at my level. And you get a temporary spike in, in the moment, and then what exactly? And, and if what? if you if you live by uh, thinking that those things will fulfill you, it's futile. It doesn't. It, it doesn't work. It's bullshit. bullshit. It, you, it's so important to design a life that you enjoy every day, like you said. And you meet so many good people. This morning, I have met beautiful, beautiful gentlemen. He's an older guy, maybe you know, 60 years old, and runs extremely successful companies. It's on stock exchange. A guy's worth of a billion dollars. And I spent literally one hour on the Gold Coast talking to him, and. Um, and he said, Emil, life is one big party. Hmm. Because sometimes you go out and nightclub is, nightclub is closing, I don't know, 3 a.m. And you think to yourself, oh, I only got one hour left. And then it's closed and that's it. Party yeah. over. And that's life. We are right now in the middle of the partying. And hey, closer we get to whatever age normally people die. It could be 80 years old or whatever it is. Our party is going to be over. And that to me is a celebration. Every day I celebrate. I love being alive. I'm so excited that I'm breathing. Uh, I walk into my office every day. I've got most amazing people that I'm working with. Um, um, and I don't, I don't stress, you know. I don't, I don't stress. I live my life almost zero fucks given. That's cool. I don't stress about stupidity, shit. Do I have problems? Thousands of them, like we all do, we, you know, the humans, but I don't even see them as a problem. Problem is they just deal with it, celebrate it, move on. So on that note, Emil, everybody goes through challenges and a lot of my followers actually love to hear successful people, um, people they perceive as highly successful, what, what a moment in time was for you specifically where you thought, oh man, I really could give up right now, but you didn't. But what was that moment for you and, and how did you get through it? Okay. Um, good question you're good at this <laughs> see the thing is um, your mind is your best friend and your biggest enemy right so true I mean me and you can make a big drama out of freaking lift not working who cares just get stairs takes you five minutes later good exercise for, or things that happened years ago but whatever. you move on do you know what I mean yeah um, uh, so when it comes to when it comes to challenges and you know what, I don't even, I've, I've been trained since I was little not to beat myself up and to even see anything as a challenge. But what was one moment? The audience asks me, oh, please ask your guests for a moment so we can relate to them. Or some time where they felt really challenged. Maybe it was when you were a kid and you thought this is a, this is a shit time. I asked myself a question if I ever hit that point of time, probably when I lost everything, I asked myself, what do I have to lose if I get up and keep going again? Hmm. Because if I stay on the ground, I'm already lost. So what do I have to lose if I keep going again? I can fail back to the same spot, but keep get up, get up again and keep trying and keep trying because you can always fall back on nothing. You know, when you're on the bottom, you're on the fucking bottom. It's true. So if you try, if you succeed, great. If you don't, you still come back to the bottom. So with me is I just, and my advice to anybody that's going to start, that's going to fail, or think they will not fail, my advice to them is just, just fucking relax. Bad news is you're going to fail. You're gonna, we're all going to fail at something. We all, you suck at something, and I suck at something. We all suck at something that we're going to probably learn hard way when we fucking make mistake or fail or whatever. So what? 
Just put in your fucking head, you got one life, you're going to die one day. So dwell on it or move on. Or get someone else to do it who's get better, somebody at, else better than you. Hey, look, my strength right now, all that you get and more you learn. You know, I learn now that I'm the dumbest person in my company. My strength that I have right now is employing people that are way better than I am in their own field. And mm. I love employing people, people that are smarter than me. It's beautiful. They think on my behalf anyway, so I benefit in the end. So was, what, was, what was one thing that you think you could have done better in that, in that time Shit. where you did go under? Look, you, you said you put all your eggs in one basket with one construction company. That's correct. a great lesson. What's another lesson you can share? Uh, look, to be honest, there, there is... Or even from recent experiences. There, there is, look, to be honest, I think one thing that I have learned... Um, uh, I used to put pressure on myself what people think of me. Mm -hmm. And we all liked it, right? Um, sometimes, you know, people want to be liked. People want to be liked and they try and they want everybody to like them. Nobody's going to, not everybody's going to like me or you or Kai called John down the road. So I used to put pressure on myself. And that's something that I have learned what a waste of energy that I'm giving by somebody else's opinion. Uh, some people's opinions do matter, you know. Hmm. My new personal trainer, if, if she tells me, Mil, don't eat McDonald's every day, well, you know what, I better listen to her, right? She, she knows what I should be doing. So some people's opinions matter, but some people really fucking doesn't. So one thing that I, that, that I used to beat myself up, I guess, is what people think, you know, Emil, you started business and you failed. You know, a mate of mine, Albos, that she interviewed, I also interviewed him as well. He said, Emila fell 16, 16 times. Mm. 17th time he created a business and he sold it over $60 million. And now he's on the business number 18 or whatever the number it is. And he's probably going to sell it for five times more than that, if not 10. Yeah. Um, um, and that's what it's all about. See, see the thing is, when you want to start your business, you don't know everything. If you know everything about everything, you'd be worth $2 billion from day one when you're born. <laughs> but you're not. So you're starting something and half of the time you have no idea what the fuck are you doing. You're just climbing the mountain and learning as you go and you make mistakes. And, and so I think people focus too much, um, even people that ask questions like that, they, they focus too much, you know, what was that moment? Fucking moment is every day. Mm. Have issues, fail, problems a day, just deal with it, move the fuck on. You know, otherwise you can dwell on it for 10 days, so be creative for 10 days where you can do better tomorrow. Yeah. So that's, that's some great advice, and I agree. You have problems every day. I was looking for a, a moment that really stood out. but It's, it's, it's every it's, day. It's, that it's great, moment is every day for it's me. It's great to know that it happens every single day, that, that day that's normal. Every day. So a lot of people, I'm sure, ask you about work-life balance. I personally believe that... Uh, like we discussed before, life can be enjoyable. Life, if, if your work is your life, that can be enjoyable. So what do you say to people when they, when they, try, well, to, I, when they try to say you, to you, Emil, you work question. so much, seven days a week, it's too much. I personally don't believe it's too much, but yeah. what, what do you say? Well, see, the thing is... If somebody um, wants to do what you do and have balance. So you do what you want to do. Mm. And to me, my life is so fucking perfectly balanced because I work 20 hours a day. I do what I love. It's not work. People don't understand. You go to the job, you're going to do 10 hours, then you're going to go home, you know, and fuck, I can't wait till 5, 6 o'clock hits so I can go home. With me, my, balance, my life is perfectly balanced. 
I do what I want to do. If I feel like having a lunch, I go and have a lunch for three hours. If I feel like racing my kind of mountains, <laughs> not mountains, race, race track, track, should I say, <laughs> um, I'll do it. I'll, I do stuff on my terms. And that's one thing that I encourage people to do. Live life on your fucking terms. You know, do whatever you want to do. If, if it makes you happy to work for somebody else, Telstra, eight hours on telephone, fantastic. If that makes you happy, great, stay there. But my life is super balanced because I, I love what I do. I can't wake up in the morning and I go to my office, see amazing creative people. We have fun together. We create good ideas. Team is growing. Um, uh, and, you know, I've built such a good culture within my company um, that I want to be there. Why would I go and have a, you know, six hour lunch in some restaurant when I can spend six hours with so funny, amazing, creative people in my office mm. that we can all eat together and become part of the family. Um, so my life is, is balance is whatever you think is balanced in your head. I agree. Whatever, I agree. Is, whatever is, you know, if it's balanced for you to work eight hours, rest five, good for you. Mm. For me, my balance is I love living. How, Every day. How, how did you create that awesome culture that you've got at your uh, at your offices? Because that's really important. Because I look for people that will fit fit in within the office. So if I I started with me and then employ two people, then four, and any person I try to employ, and not everybody works out. I try to make sure they fit in within the culture. They have the same attitude similar personality you know they can all get along i don't just look for absolutely best people to join me i look for absolutely best attitude and that you know you can train you them can to train become them, the yeah. best um, uh, and and with me if i get somebody if i feel they don't fit in I, I ask them you know what i suggest to you go work somewhere else because you know i i have so many people that work till 9 10 11 12 o'clock at night time and they actually don't have to they want to um, and I always keep telling people, which is very crucial, that you gotta love what you do. Because think about this life work balance 80% of your day while you're alive, because when you're sleeping, you're fucking dead. 80% of your day while you are alive is about work. Hmm. You wake up in the morning, most people are getting ready to go to work. Then they spend half an hour to one hour in traffic going to work. Then they work all day till six o'clock or five, six, seven o'clock. Then they drive home for half an hour to one hour from work. And then when you get home seven o'clock, you're awake for two hours, then you're fucking dead again. Yeah, maybe, so, maybe kids or family time and then- Two back, hours, back dead, yeah. then dead. And then wake up again the next day, the same thing. So with me is what balance do you fucking have? Mm. Don't you think I got more balance than you? Because you are working, not you, I'm talking, you know, just in general. Most people, they work for 10 hours being miserable as fuck for 10 hours. And then after that, they, you know, um, uh, go home for two hours and then they're happy. I'm happy all day, not just two hours a day. So entrepreneurship is really glamorized lately, I feel like. Especially on social media, makes entrepreneurship look like the best thing and the only way. Um, some people feel like maybe they want to work in a job, but... Um, they some people think that you know they have to be an entrepreneur and then when they don't when they try and it doesn't work that working for someone else is weak what, what do you have to say to people who who actually would like to work to someone for someone else and and have that security but feel like maybe p other people are judging them 
you know what I'm trying to say? Entrepreneurship is very glamorizing. Well, first of all, yeah. um, uh, never pay attention what people think of you because you can have people that are going to love you, support you, and people that are jealous, that are going to hate you. So you don't worry about being judged. People need to live life and be happy. So don't do things for others. If it makes you happy to work for somebody else and not take the risk, beautiful. Do that and don't do anything else because if you do what I do, you'll be miserable. I love doing what I'm doing because it suits me and that's what I want. So do what you love, what you want and don't pay attention about what others will think of you. Being an entrepreneur, um, the, the, the good and bad news is, the bad news is it's going to be fucking hard. Embrace it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. You're going to be failing. You know, and guess what? The good news is you just keep trying again. You just keep trying, especially if you're young and you've got time on your hands. So if you fail and you've got a great idea and you fail at it, don't give up. So you might get a job somewhere else till you figure out what other idea you might have or what you're going to do. And that job will just give you, um, uh, you know, income to eat, pay rent till you figure out what you're going to do. So don't see it as a weakness. See it as a, you know what, I played my first half of football game <laughs> and I'm losing. And now I've got 15 minutes break to figure out how I can get back out there and win other half and you may be working for somebody else for 15 minutes it's that break till you figure out and recharge your battery to try again but as long as you try again because if you're gonna if you're entrepreneurial and you try something and and you fail and then you go and work for somebody else and if that is not within you you're going to be unhappy so use it as that 15 minute break in a football game so you can fucking get up and try again yeah, love and it. even if you lose the game, well, guess what? Go back to the training. If you have to work for somebody else, till you till you're ready to go again and again and again and again and again. Fucking fail a thousand times, get back up thousand and one, and you know never give up. Fuck, you know, I, there's I, only I one love, life. I love that you called your company NGU, which means never give up. I oh, think that's that's such a cool name, and and not a, like rather than even just having it as the tagline, it's the actual name of your your company. So that's really cool. You've also got in NGU Group. You've got NGU Real Estate, NGU Law, NGU Media. Do you have anything else exciting on the horizon? Or um, yes, many sure? many things. Um, obviously, NGU Property Development because we do you know a lot of developments as well. But there is um, something very big and exciting that I'm working on with one of my best friends. Um, uh, and it's something completely different from what I have been doing for a long time. But um, we're going to be launching that in about one month time. Not many people know about it. Can, um, can you share? Um, uh, well, a little bit? It, it is... Um, uh, um, uh, um, it, it is in... It's, Property development, construction, real estate related. That's all cool. I can say. Um, uh, but you'll be one of the first people to know and be excited that we've been working um, on, on this massive project with some amazing, amazing you know, people. There Congrats. are amazing people That's out great. there. I believe that too. How, how do you decipher between who's a great person and who's, who's somebody you should avoid? Uh, look, when you are age 42, like you said, I'm 42, even I think I'm still 41, um, you know, uh, I massive believe I have gained so much experience in my life, and you know when you deal with so many people, you learn how to judge people fast on your feet. I'm a massive believer in how my gut feel. 
If I meet you, if I meet you, if I don't like you straight away, my gut feel is telling me to walk away, I'll fucking walk away. So I always go on that first instinct, you know, how do I feel about the person that I meet? And I'm, I like to think that I've developed a skill that I know how to read somebody. But also, you know, in business that I'm in now, I'm dealing with a lot of people that have good track record, good results, so you can easily see, you know, um, how good they are based on the results. And right now I can say to people, think of you, think of me whatever you like, just judge me based on my results. Yeah, cool. Because they'll prove you that I'm fucking good at what I do. Relentless. <laughs> do you have, um, I, I love asking my guests about their investment strategy. Some people love property, obviously you're in the yes. property industry. There's crypto now, there's stocks, there's bonds, there's yes. index funds, there's banking, there's all kinds of stuff you can invest yes. money in to compound. And you're making a lot of money, um, you've got nice place to live, car, so now it's probably about building an, uh, you know, keeping some of that cash and compounding it so is your investment strategy property or are you willing to share on that yeah sure um look i always wanted to create a cash cow and that's my business mm -hmm. i always wanted to create a business that makes me dollar every single day and business that i'm in control of um, people invest money in crypto i don't people do if they do well fantastic um uh, but you're investing money where First of all, most people that invest money in crypto don't even understand it uh, properly. But, you know, even if you do, you're investing money and somebody else is controlling it. Um, I have money invested in my own company that I have built and gives me dividends every single you know, day. Every single day I've got a company that pays me money. So my, one of my big investment is company I've created and makes me money every day. I do invest money in property. I do invest a little bit in stocks as well. Um, but I just keep investing in, into, into, into businesses, to be honest. Um, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I see as, a, as you know, my cash is piled, you know, investing into, into companies and property. And I also like to have a dollar or two in my account for good opportunities that might come tomorrow. Yeah, cool. So what you're saying is invest in stuff that you understand, basically. Hundred percent. And things you can control, which I, I agree with. I so am. Look, wise, you, can, you, can call me a, you can call me a dinosaur, and, and I'm, trust me, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an aggressive mover in business, but at the end of the day, I also do like to you know, invest it in things that I enjoy doing and things that I you know, understand, I guess. Mm. I, I think people who give their money to a... Um, what's it called? Financial advisor or to manage their money. I think that's that's personally not a choice that I would make. Is to give right. my money to some someone who's most financial most of the time doing worse than me to play with my my money. That's that's not uh, Look, financial honest, advice, but that's not something I would um, do. I, I got a different opinion about most financial advisors. Um, uh, I won't go, get into that, but um, you got to really um, if you're gonna get a financial advisor, make sure you get one that you can trust. And make sure that you get one with a good track record of investing his own money into places where he's recommending it to you. Mm, yeah, cool. Wise and that he did well out of it, by the way. I like to flip the interview for one question, Emil, and you asked me a question. So, is there something that you you think could make an interesting um, an interesting answer for the audience, or something that you're curious to know about me that you'd like to like about to yourself? Ask? Sure. Oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll ask you a question. Um. I ask many people, and I will ask you too, what do you think is a recipe to a happy life? I think you've said it before, do, do what you love. I, I think a recipe for a happy life is writing goals down. I like, to, I like writing goals, whether it's 
to help me guide my my life in a certain direction because it's written down as a reminder but yeah doing what you love I love experience personally so I love um, getting out there and climbing mountains or last week we were at Qualia in Hamilton Island that was a beautiful experience so experiencing life is one having good people around and uh, building uh, businesses that have an impact on an ever-growing number of people. I think what you're doing, even with interviewing different people, it, it can have an impact in somebody else's life. Yeah, you know? well, I was having, um, one of my first mentors was Phil DeBella, and he yes. had a massive... Beautiful Im- guy. Great guy, and he had a massive impact on my life, and I've been blessed in that. Um, he should send you the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he will one day. <laughs> and I've been blessed in that I've been able to encounter many other amazing entrepreneurs and business people and even people who work nine to five and my parents and all kinds of people have had an impact in my life. And I was Every having, person you meet can have an impact on your life. 100%. And so I was having these conversations with Phil behind you know, one-on-one and I thought to myself, why don't I have a great ability for networking? Why don't I share these conversations with with uh, the world and via my podcast platform and so I've got listeners now on every continent in the world Um, I love to grow the podcast and share your words and other people's words with the world because why not you like you said you could be dead tomorrow and and I think it's really cool that you get your message out there and you impact one to a hundred thousand people so that's why I do it Uh, it's a beautiful way of um, looking at life yeah, definitely. So on that, is there is there a legacy that you want to leave, Emil? I know you don't have kids, but you have. Yes, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you legacy that I always. Um, I I I'll, I always wanted to. Um, I, I got a beautiful uncle. I got a lot of uncles, but one in particular. He said, um, "You don't want to die and not pass your knowledge to others." You know, that was the purpose of life, right? You want to give back. It's not just let me take something from this world and and keep it for yourself. And I'm not talking just financial. So my legacy is, is not, it's in a different way. I just wanted to see if I can change somebody else's life. And my legacy is everything. If I have learned anything, it can, if it can be good for anybody, I want to get it all out of my head before I die. So I love sharing my good, my bad experiences with others. And to me, my legacy is already being created. If I can help somebody, um, if I can share my knowledge with people, um, uh, and my legacy is already living. You know, if, if there's something that I can do to contribute to somebody else's life, my legacy is already in making. Yeah, I've seen you sharing your social media posts and just whenever you have a moment during the day, you share it on Instagram. And I think that's already doing what you say is Absolutely. doing. You're sharing your wisdom already. So you're already living your legacy. Very cool. Well, is there anything else you want to leave us with, Emil? Hey, I'm sure if people have more questions, we can do this again sometimes in the future. Yeah. So all good. You Thank can, you for uh, having me here. Thanks for coming. And if you want to get in contact with Emil, hit him up on Instagram or social media. He's very active and he's, uh, Too he's, active sometimes. he's a great guy. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks again, Emil. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Trillions with me as your host, Elise Grace. Please do me a favor and drop me a review on iTunes or if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Would love to hear your feedback. Reading your reviews and comments keeps me inspired to keep creating the best interviews possible. If you want to stay up to date with all my movements, please check me out on social media at Elise Grace.